You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you feel like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hell, I suck at dating. With Dean Unglert and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to an all-new episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. And what a special episode we have in store for you today. Not only is it the second episode we've recorded since Jared announced his baby on the way i was wondering where you're going this sounds like special episode i mean all of them are obviously special bro yes but it's also special because we have an incredible guest dr nicole labich oh i hope i didn't butcher that last name um i'm just glad i didn't have to say it i mean it looks like labich yeah yeah you want to know what actually is every time before we start recording this podcast jared and i you know look at each other in the eyes through zoom and we're like, hey, do you want to bring us in? Do you want to bring us in? Jared asked me to bring it in, and now I realize it's because you didn't want to pronounce Dr. LaBeach's last name. Honestly, it's just because I didn't feel like working any harder than I already do. But yeah, let's do. Let's give that the reason, Dr. Nicole LaBeach. Yeah. What else could it be? I mean, it's spelled L A B A. Excuse me, L A B E A C H. I mean, it's got to be phonetic. But uh, last thing we want to do around here, Jared, is make you work harder than you have to. Okay. <laughs> oh my God! So I'm drinking this chai tea latte right now and it's choking me and i don't know what the hell's going on with my life but you but know i do have a great episode i don't mind a like good chai tea latte if you want to talk about chai tea for a second dude they're the best man I'm, I'm a big vanilla chai latte guy with almond milk that's my jam so here's my i could i could drink a chai tea latte every day and i did for a long time and then i realized how much sugar is in them and so i like have to i only have like one a month maybe Lots of sugar. But you know what, dude? One day we're all going to die, and you're not going to look back at your life and be like, damn it, I, I sh- I sh- I'm glad I didn't get the chai latte, you know? No, I don't disagree. I uh, So when I was in college, I went on the keto – no, not the keto diet. The uh, – what's the caveman one? The, uh, Isn't that keto? That's like an all-meat diet. No, the uh, – oh, crap. The caveman diet. I can't remember up. what it's called. Uh, caveman yeah, diet. Anyway, just like you eat, you you catch and eat your own meat. That feels like a caveman diet to me, where you have to like go out and shoot a 
moose and then eat it? Or what would you shoot and eat it? Not a moose. A bear? So essentially the cave, the paleo diet, that's what it was. So essentially ah. what the paleo diet is, is yeah, you eat what a caveman would eat back in the day. So no processed food, just like meat, berries, uh, and you can drink coffee, but you can't drink coffee with milk or cream or sugar. And uh, on the paleo diet, I got used to drinking black coffee for like four or five months. And so now that's all I drink. And I, I think I can get away with drinking as much coffee as I do because every time I drink coffee, it's just black. And then so every once in a while, I'll treat myself to a nice chai latte. And it's just, it's just pure bliss. But enough about me. Cups of coffee, how many cups of coffee do you drink a day? Well, I'll tell you what. I got the large from Starbucks right now, iced coffee. It's almost okay. empty. I also had a... So that's like three cups in itself. Yeah. I also had a Celsius energy drink on my way to the golf course this morning at like 6 a.m. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. I was, trying, I was trying to get that Zoa energy drink. That's the Rocks energy drink. Yeah. There's just so much caffeine and I already have two cups of coffee a day. I'm... Sometimes, do you ha- have your heart beat quicker than normal whenever you drink coffee? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially, the, like, if I'll have an energy drink. Like, let's say I have a Red Bull. I don't really drink Red Bull very much, but, like, I'll, I'm on a long drive. I'll drink a Red Bull. And, like, for three hours afterwards, I have, like, pure anxiety. I wonder if anybody takes Red Bulls before they go on dates. Do you ever do that? If anybody takes oh, yeah. a Red Bull before a date, please let us know. Email us at, uh, what is our email? I, I suck, suck at dating, dating at, at iHeartMedia.com. I got to really memorize this. What the hell is wrong um, with me? Yeah, do you when you work out? Because you're you're a fit man, you probably work out every once in a while. Do you take pre workout? No, I never have. I never tried it. I mean, I already once I'm at the gym, I start gaining the energy needed in order to work out. But that's why I wanted to try energy drinks. One, because they're the rocks, and the rock truly influences me. That guy's just the man. But two, I wanted to try an energy drink because I used to drink Red Bull and Monster, but they're so bad for you that I gave them up. But now I'm like, man, I do miss that like little, you know high that you get from him yeah. and so he's got a I'm, I'm literally just you know giving him free promotion here but whatever uh he's got an energy drink called zoa that's like all natural so they're actually really good kaylin like has wild orange kaylin has forbid me from drinking monster dude it's bad it's so bad you ever hear the story about the kid's like heart that bursted because he drank like three monsters a day yeah for- years that's exactly it it's like anything in moderation is fine but yeah just don't have fuck don't have freaking five energy drinks in the course of eight hours and you're not gonna have your heart explode on you a lot of gamers do that they just like drink two energy drinks and then play video games for 12 straight hours and don't sleep throughout the night i mean don't get that type of guy don't don't get me wrong i've had my fair share of those days but (laughs) they're few and far between like i maybe have three of those under my belt altogether those kids are doing it every day all day and that's when it really becomes unhealthy. Like same with same with fast food and junk food. It's like you can have a, a McDonald's cheeseburger as long as you're doing it like once a month. Don't do it every single day. What's your favorite fast food? Probably McDonald's. Yeah, dude. Mine too. Everybody makes fun of me though. I'm so glad I'm not alone in this statement. I is, love McDonald's. It is pretty basic. Like I understand where the criticism comes from, you know? But it's like Americana. You know, that's why I love it so much. Oh. I see those golden arches and I'm just reminded of my childhood God, that brings me right back. And and there's such a nostalgia taste anytime I bite into not only chicken nuggets, but a regular cheeseburger, the fries. I think McDonald's has the best fries by far. People want to say Chick-fil-A because like the waffle fries, but I don't know. McDonald's just always going to be number one in my heart. What's, what's your order when you go to McDonald's? Usually I get the two cheeseburgers, which is like number eight, I think. I don't really know. I can't remember. I hope. Oh, but you go out. full meal and you get fries and like a Coke with it? A thousand percent. Have you ever had a McDonald's Coca-Cola? It's Coca-Cola. Good. Dude, it's, it's the best. I think they just like jack 
true cocaine in that thing because I've never tasted a Coca-Cola better than a fountain Coca-Cola at McDonald's. I dare any sucky dater out there to, to tell me something that tastes better than a fountain Coca-Cola at McDonald's. I think they, I dare you. They keep it nice and cold and they make it extra fizzy somehow. I will oh, say yeah. though, you remember that you remember that documentary Supersize Me from back in the day? Yeah. So, I remember one of my biggest takeaways from that documentary was remember there was that guy that ate a Big Mac like every day for the past 10 years and he was like slim, like super slim. Yeah, he, but he had like all these internal health problems. Well, as we didn't know that. I don't think they talked about that in the movie, but he no. said he never ate the fries. He said he would just eat the burgers. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, fries probably are the worst thing for you because they're deep fried sticks of potatoes. And so my go-to McDonald's order is I get two McDoubles because the McDouble is the best thing on the menu by far. And one stuff. and one spicy chicken sandwich. And no fries, no drink, just that. And then every like four trips I go to McDonald's, I get a strawberry milkshake. And oh my mm. God, let me tell you how mm. good the strawberry mm. milkshakes mm. at McDonald's are. They're the best. They literally are un- unmatched anywhere else in the world. Yeah, dude, I would love to go on a first date to McDonald's. <laughs> like if I was a single person right now, getting back into the dating world, coming out of COVID, there, I think it'd be kind of fun if I asked a girl out and I said, hey, listen, this is weird, but would you want to go on a first date to McDonald's? Yeah. If I was a chick, well, let's ask the, let's ask the women in this group, uh, Riley. Hannah, could you come on here, please, and uh, help us out a little bit? If a guy asked you girls out on a first date and said, hey, let's have a sit-down dinner at McDonald's, what would your reaction but be? But let's be more specific first. Let's say it's a McDonald's with, like, a sick play place. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a nice McDonald's. He's not bringing you into a sketchy area. Like, it's a, it's a McDonald's that you are aware of, you are familiar with, you know it's, you know, nice enough. With a play place. Yeah. are you Dean, are you alluding that he's going to bring them into the playpen? I'm not saying there's anything like romantic that's going to happen there, but it's just like a nice little after meal treat. You know, you eat your burgers and then you jump into the ball pit. Anyway, so let's hear from let's hear from you guys. What do you think? I mean, well, but weren't you eight year old, eight years old at one point? And like, yeah, but that's know, like some, the, some that, things happen in that ball pit. That's yeah. Anyways, Hannah, Riley, what do you think? Personally, I don't know if I would love it because yeah. I feel like I would feel sick after eating McDonald's. I have a really sensitive stomach. So I don't know if McDonald's would be the best bet for me. Uh, well, what's your favorite fast food? Chick-fil-A. I don't. All right. So if a, yeah. if a guy said, hey, listen, what if a guy asked you? Because here's the thing. Like on first dates, they're always awkward. They're always weird. They're very stale sometimes because it's always the same thing, right? I mean, guys, you and Riley, how many times have you guys gone on a first date to a coffee shop or a restaurant or a, a bar? Like, I don't know. For me, I guess it would be kind of something stupid and silly that might be fun. I think it depends on how they ask. Like, if it's like, well, you want to go to McDonald's? Like, that's different. But if it's like, let's do something weird and go to McDonald's and maybe dress up, like, just make it fun, then that's different. I think I'd be dress down for up. that. Dress up for McDonald's. Yeah, suit and tie. Yeah. I, Hannah, I think Kaylin is a lot like you. She can't really eat fast food because she has a very sensitive stomach. So yeah. when I'm with her, I have to, like, I have to like hide my McDonald's intake. Um from Kaylin because she gets not upset with me but she's like disappointed which is maybe even worse but uh well, that's sad after I eat fast food I have to like lay in bed for an hour after so I don't know how fun that would be if I went on a first date okay fair point because the first date probably wouldn't last that long because you guys would eat and then immediately 15 minutes afterward would have to each go se- your separate ways to use the the bathroom but if you guys went to like a chi- I don't know 
I just think it's kind of cute and something different. And like for me, I think about some of my first conversations with Ashley and some of our first conversations was about like, oh, what's your favorite fast food? What is your go-to sauce? And it was like such a bonding moment because it was something that we were, you know, we could relate to so hard that I think back and had it not, had we not met in paradise, I wonder if I would have had the balls to be like, you know what? Let's do something different. Instead of getting a drink, let's go to McDonald's and get, you know, a meal and sit down and just talk and have a date. But if we're talking Ashley, you're going to Shake Shack, obviously. Yeah, Shake Shack's up there. But I think for the nostalgia of it, like for a first date, I think McDonald's is the way to go. Hmm. Or even Burger King, if I really wanted to like throw a, a little bit of a wrench in there. You know, let's do Burger King is underrated. Burger mm. King is so freaking good. Yeah. That chicken sandwich, holy shit. You, I had a Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich the other day. That thing was very good. Hey, maybe we should stop talking about uh, fast food. I don't know. I don't know. I could talk about this all day long, I'll be honest with you, but maybe just for the sake of our listeners' sanity. Um, hey, we mentioned energy drinks earlier today. How come you and Ashley aren't in Miami with everyone else from Bachelor celebrating Celsius's party? I don't know exactly what it is. Well, we got invited, but of course, they were very sweet, and they asked us if we wanted to come, but we, we kindly declined because... Ashley was, I mean, I think we got invited like two months ago and we found out, you know, Ashley was pregnant. It was like, well, we're definitely not going down to Miami. Plus, we probably wouldn't have gone anyway just because we're old and, you know, I'd rather watch um, Restaurant Impossible on a Saturday night than go down to Miami right now. But it sounds like fun. Are a lot of Bachelor people down there? You guys have a kid on the way, though. You need to make as much money as you can. Stack it for the college fund. I don't think it was a paid thing. I think it was just like a free trip. No, it would have been paid. All right, oh, Kaylin, never mind. Kaylin's getting paid to be there, so I would imagine you guys would be getting paid to be there. Damn, who's who's down there with Kalen? And why are you not down there? Uh, I also got invited, but I said it's 0% my scene, 0% interest in being there. Uh, but it's like Kalen, Hannah, Dylan, Mike, Connor, uh, Kelly, Victoria, uh, a bunch of people. Um, they're all very nice, but again, I agree with you, not my scene. Yeah, I agree. She kept telling me, she's like, yeah, this person's here, this person's here. And I was like, thank God, I decided not to go to that. And also, Pappy's been really sick lately, so I've Aww, been uh, Pappy. I've been I've been puppy sitting him. He went to the vet. He's having some gnarly seizures lately. He, uh, yeah, he just he's been acting weird. So I decided to take it out a uh, take one for the team and just you know puppy sit for for Kaylin while she's away partying in what Miami. Did the, what did the vet say? It's it's kind of up in the air. It was a vet that we'd never been to before. We didn't really have a good experience with them. But uh, the consensus seems to be that he might have a brain tumor and uh, it might be causing the seizures. Oh, and no. I, I will say, though, I thought so today is Friday on Wednesday. I thought Pappy was going to die, like literally going to die. And I, I oh was God, thinking about I was thinking about how the conversation with Kalen was going to go when, you know, like if a dog is suffering, you have to kind of have that conversation to be like, should we put this dog down? Like, should we put it out of its misery? And yeah. I was surprised to hear Kaylin said something like, I don't want to go to Miami and you have to make the decision of putting Pappy down while I'm away. Like I feel selfish for going to Miami. Uh, and I'm happy to report he's gotten a lot better over the past couple of days. But uh, but yeah, it's been a it's been a messy couple of days since he's been back from the vet. So oh well, we are all sending our love towards Pappy's way. He's the best. And how how old is Pappy now? Do we know? Yeah, he's uh, we we think he's around twelve years old. I would say. Uh, so Which yeah, is he is getting up there. But he's still a young man. About. Yeah, he's still a young man. He's as he's as old. He was born the same year I graduated high school, which is just a weird thing to think about. 
Isn't that weird? And then you guys went 10 years without knowing each other, or he went 10 years without knowing who his dad was. And now right. he has his dad and he has, has his mom. You guys found each other. Right. And now That's we so have sweet. to, and now we've been talking about killing him, which is just really sweet. No, That's I'm just kidding. I, I, I know. I know. I, cause I've never, so I had a childhood dog, um, Sabrette. She was a miniature long haired dachshund and she was the best. We got her as a puppy. She was like 14 years old. My brother took her after our family kind of like scattered around. And one day he went hiking with her and she got sucked down into the river and was never seen again. So I've never, I've never, and as traumatic as that sounds, it is still kind of like a nice, you know, peaceful ending to a dog's life. Is it? I don't know. It's, it's better than just like (laughs) withering away, I think. Um, So my, I guess my, my point of the story is I've never had to experience like the death process of a dog. Oh, it's uh, terrible, man. Have you experienced that? Yeah, we had to put my childhood dog down back in 2006, 2005. His name was Casper, and he was the sweetest thing. He had an enlarged heart, the poor thing, and it was mm. like pressing on all of his organs. And he start, he had this horrible cough, and so we had to put him down. It was so, oh, my God, even like talking about it now, <laughs> my mom and dad were in the room together with him as they injected the needle, and like my mom was holding him as he died, and it was just Dang. like, oh, my God, like th- to think about Lois – passing away i'm like i i i i don't want to live i don't want to live you know i mean obviously i'm being dramatic because i have a beautiful wife i have a great family we have a child on the way but like life without lois i can't imagine it i don't want to as a 20 year old with did you have a say in that decision making process of putting the dog down or was it kind of like a consensus thing like this has it was to more. I was actually younger than that. I was like, so 2006, I was 17, 18. So I, I certainly didn't have a, you know, like a true say. We talked about it, but it was ultimately up to my parents. And, and we tried to hold out for as long as possible. And it just got to a point where the poor thing, I mean, coughing up along every second of every day. And he was always in constant discomfort. And it, it was just, it was terrible. And it was, it was only getting progressively worse. And so it got to a point where, you know, my parents felt like this was the best thing for him, and it was it was uh, tragic. But uh, anyway, let's not talk about dogs dying. Let's, we have a very special guest coming up. It's a nice, <laughs> nice little weird segue. But Dr. Nicole is coming up next. But before she comes on, I do want to get to one topic because I think this is pretty cool. So, uh, Paulina Porizkova. Porizkova. Anyway, she's a model. She's newly single because she was dating screenwriter screenwriter Aaron Sorkin. Do you know who that is, Dean? Yeah. I only know him Dude. from uh, Entourage. Okay. He's the freaking man, and he's my favorite screenwriter of all time. He wrote A Few Good Men, which I would argue is the most rewatchable film of all time. He wrote The Social Network, which is one of, if not my mm-hmm. favorite film of all time. He wrote uh, Molly's Game. Uh, he did the West Wing. He did the Newsroom on HBO. Uh, he's written some of my favorite films of all time. He is the freaking man. Anyway, I found out that Paulina, who is a supermodel, they dated. They uh, she broke up with him, or he broke up with her. I don't really know, but she's 56. She downloaded Hinge. All right, and apparently she was booted off uh, the Hinge app because Hinge is very wary of celebrity impersonators. So on Thursday. Uh, Poriskova, I hope I'm saying her last name properly, she posted a selfie on Instagram. And she called out Hinge in this uh, caption. She says, okay, what's up, at Hinge. I signed up a while back and was booted off instantly because I had violated guidelines. I didn't even get to post my photo. 
My name, it seems, is against guidelines. I called, I emailed, no one bothered to reply. Then a friend suggested I use a different phone number and my nickname. I got a few nice dates that way and boom. Now when I need it, I discover Hinge has booted me off again. What is a lady supposed to do? So apparently Hinge talked to People Magazine and Hinge assumed that Paulina was an imposter and apparently people reported her profile as fake because they thought that this celebrity, uh, even though I got to be honest, I didn't know her before, but you know, hey, a lot of people do apparently, um, was a fake profile. She's not the first person to do this. This was crazy to me. Sharon Stone was on Hinge and people reported her as a fake profile and it wasn't fake. It was Sharon Stone. Dude, if, if I ever saw Sharon Stone on a dating app, and we matched. I don't even know what the hell I would say. Were you a big Sharon Stone guy growing up? I have absolutely no idea who Sharon Stone is. Oh, uh, what? You don't know Sharon Stone? I'm Googling Basic it. Instinct? Hold on. Yeah. So you know Sharon Stone. I... Basic Instinct. She's the famous girl, who the woman who like crosses her legs and she's not wearing any underwear to seduce the, the cops. I don't think I've ever seen that movie, man. Oh my! It's a it's a super famous scene. I'm sure if you saw the scene, you'd recognize the moment that I'm talking about because it's been played like over and over again in in pop culture. Dude, Sharon Stone, grown up. Do you know the name Sharon Stone? I thought you were talking about uh, Sharon Silverstead. I don't know. Oh no, Sarah Silverman. That was Jimmy Kimmel's ex. Sarah Silverman. I don't know, man. I'm not the best with names, especially actresses and actresses. Uh, Sharon Stone in Casino. Oh my good lord in heaven! I don't understand why these people are um, on these apps. I feel like there's specific apps kind of more tailored towards people of a certain age, like let's say like eHarmony, Silver Singles, Ashley Madison. Maybe they should go check out one of those apps. Ashley Madison, isn't that for like cheating husbands? No, that you're thinking of. Uh, you're thinking of uh, something else. I don't know. I, I just googled senior dating app, and those were the top three that came up. <laughs> well, she's 56. She's not that old. You're an ageist, bro. That's what you are. I mean, I just think that the average demographic of an app like Hinge skews probably like 18 to 37. You know, possibly. But hey, maybe she likes. I'm sure there's people in their 50s on Hinge. Anyway, point being, um, do you think that uh, like there should? Do you think Hinge was in the right? Do you think they were in the wrong? Like I was. I, let me let me answer my own question. I don't think anybody is in the wrong. I think Paulina should be on Hinge if she wants to be on Hinge. I certainly think Sharon Stone should be on Hinge because that's the coolest thing I've heard pretty much ever. These big names they need to get on Raya. Yeah, but Raya, like we talked about, Raya's full of a bunch of wackos. <laughs> maybe they maybe they're more like us. Maybe Sharon Stone's like us. And she's like, hey, I just want to meet a normal human being. And I think I have the best opportunity to do that on Hinge. Remember that Ben Affleck video where uh somebody it's me. uh it, Oh dude, that is it's my me, favorite Ben. <laughs> That's my favorite video. <laughs> I forget what the girl's name was, but he's like, it's me, Ben. <laughs> Dude, I'm so happy that him and Jennifer Lopez are together. It like brings me so much joy. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm very happy for them. I feel like they've been, uh, they're like the Brad and Angelina, you know, they're like hot and cold on and off. And now in their, uh, waning year, well, they're not waning years, I guess, but no matter how hard they try, they can't stay apart. 
Oh, and I love it because I love that they're so different. Like, Jennifer Lopez is probably the most badass woman to ever walk this earth. And she's one of the, if not the sexiest women in Hollywood, in entertainment. She's gorgeous. She's Jenny from the block. You know, she's New York. She's tough. She's she's powerful. She's beautiful. She's sexy. Like, she's got, like, she's so, um, what's the word, like, she has everything going for her, you know? And then Ben, who I freaking, I love Ben Affleck, but he's like Boston, grizzly, has been known to drink a few beers in his past. Like, he's just kind of rough around the edges. And, you know, now they're dating again in their older years after they've both been married. And I just, I freaking love it. I love that dichotomy, like Boston and New York. And I just feels very home to me <laughs> it feels familiar I'm very hey, fanboying of before this. before we get to dr labeach right after this break one quick question rapid fire best ben affleck movie oh boy i mean my initial reaction it's a rapid is... fire you don't we need we just need the initial reaction in one word whatever the title is give it to me oh, what you got the town yeah that's what i was gonna say it was either that or goodwill hunting you like apples we're going to break how do you like them apples <laughs> <laughs> You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. 
We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. Dean, myself, and we have a very special guest from the own television unscripted romantic series put a ring on it which airs friday nights on own at 9 p.m eastern standard time it is dr nicola beach doctor thank you so much for joining us today how are you i'm excited and actually it's 10 p.m eastern standard time because uh-huh. we don't want anybody to miss it oh i'm so sorry about that why oh, no, we... you're good you're good fantastic Oh, well, this this article on Penn Live says 9 p.m., so they're wrong, too. We need to get this straight. It is not a problem. We are here to fix it. Oh, perfect. So 10 p.m. on OWN. So tell us a little bit about Put a Ring on It. So if I'm correct, it is season two yes. where you follow uh, three separate couples, uh, all engaged, all about to get married or maybe not get married because, doctor, you kind of guide them along this journey figuring out, hey, listen, are we – Is this our happily ever after or should we go our separate ways? Right. So actually, they are all in long-term relationships. None of them are engaged yet. But what they're trying to figure out is, should, like you said, should we go our separate ways or should we move towards the path of, of getting engaged and trying to build a life together, marriage, all the good stuff? So in your opinion, what are some of uh, the telltale signs so people can know whether they're in a happy, long-term, healthy relationship, or if they're in a relationship that they might need to start moving away from? You know, is the communication good? Are you, are you growing? Are you learning? Are you having fun? You know, is, is this the opportunity for you to really have a great companion? I mean, all of those things still count. So if, if you're asking these questions and you're getting to a dead end every time, that in and of itself should kind of be a, a, a yellow flag or maybe a yellow, fl- a yellow light that says, stop, take an assessment of what's happening and see if this is really the person you should be growing with. Dr. Nicole, I got a question for you. So Uh-oh. there's two hosts of this podcast. One of us is married and expecting a child. The other one of us is... Uh, just been dating his girlfriend for the past two years. Would you say this show, Put a Ring on It, is tailored more towards the married person or the long-term relationship type person? Like, am I going to watch this with my girlfriend and she's going to keep looking over at me, like, you know, side-eyeing me, being like, hey, where's my ring? Like, why have you not Why have you not put the ring on me yet? Hopefully not. Um, but I do think what happens is you look at each other because you either see yourself in the, pers- in the people that you're watching in the present or you see who you were. And that's that's the funny part of it because 
there's so much connection between just relationships that people are having and what you're seeing on the screen. Yeah, that makes sense. I think uh, from from experience from watching, you know, we love our reality TV in this household, watching other couples interact on television in whatever form. We watch a lot of like competition-based shows, so it's a little bit different, but it's so interesting to get a glimpse into other couples' uh, like perspective, perspectives and, and chemistries because you can kind of like pick them apart and be like, okay, well, they're doing that, but we would never do that, but they're doing that, and then maybe we want to do that kind of thing. So are there lessons that you, like as an audience member, will be able to pick up throughout the entire show? Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that's been a surprise to me is how many people talk about what they say are the gems that I drop in the show. Because really, I'm holding the space for people to really figure out what's next for them, if it's long-term future or if it's going their separate ways. So along the way, couples really do get an opportunity to do the work. You get the opportunity to see them doing the work and then take away from it what can help your relationship as well. Have you seen any couples make the wrong decisions? Because like I have friends in my life that, you know, have been on and off for many years. And I'm like, no, you guys need to be together. You're happiest (laughs) when you're with each other. You just need to commit. Or conversely, there are friends where I'm like, you guys are so toxic for each other. You need to move on. And then sometimes the toxic people will stay together and be in an unhappy relationship. And then sometimes the people who I think are so good for each other never get together. So have you seen any, uh, you know, relationships on this show where people have either put a ring on it or they've broken up and you're like, I think you made a mistake. No. And the the reason being is because the show holds the space for you to tell the truth. And if you're willing to see people's actions and really see what they're doing in reference to what they say they want to do, it speaks for itself. Often what we do is we look at what people say and we don't want to look at what they do. Your actions speak to what you're trying to achieve every single time. So the show is interesting because what you see is the heart of people played out in their action. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because if you have two people and their goal is something that their friends think is nonsense, you're looking at them and you're saying, I don't even know why you guys think you can accomplish that. If that's what they've decided in their relationship, it's not wrong until one person checks out. Right? That makes sense. Yeah. Right? That's the diminishing point. No, totally. Right? So we may all look at them and think they're a little bizarre, but if they're being bizarre together, go ahead. Dr. Nicole, I got a question for you, and I kind of want to pivot a little bit. We can come back to this later if you guys want to, but uh, what what fascinates me a lot is some of the books that you've wrote. And so for the listeners that are unfamiliar, and correct me if I'm wrong, You've written A Woman's True Purpose, Live Like You Matter, and Choose Yourself, A Journey Toward Personal Fulfillment for Women. Yes. And in those books, uh, you center a lot of the conversations around prioritizing yourself, especially in relationships. Can you just talk on that for a little bit? Because I feel like I feel, I feel feel like for the listener out there, a lot of times, and myself included, we forget to prioritize ourselves. And I, I've always been kind of an advocate for a certain level of selfishness, where you do need to prioritize yourself learn a lot about what you'd like and don't like before you're ready to, to kind of take that plunge. So do you mind kind of like speaking on that kind of stuff a little bit? Yeah. And, and I want to celebrate your question because I don't think it's selfish. It's self-care, right? Mm. We've learned how to give people crumbs and act like they're getting the big slice of cake. 
because we are diminished and we are running at the speed of light. And a lot of times we want to put our persona into the driver's seat instead of being authentically ourselves because we don't really want people to see the parts of ourselves that we're really not caring for. So the big thing is to show up as who you are fully. If the person that you're dating can't get down with that and they don't think you're spectacular, that's okay. Somebody else will, but at least you're going to have somebody that gets a chance to fall in love with you, the real you, whoever you are in that space of time. In order to do that, you got to take care of yourself so that there's really another person for them to connect with. Cause it's not a two half, you know, two halves make a whole kind of thing. It's two whole people make a really good relationship if they work at it. So let's say someone maybe is struggling to make, take that first step. Is there any kind of advice that you'd have for them to at least start inching towards that direction? You know, it's very interesting that we are really good as people at overriding what hurts. And if you just think about what I just asked, it's like, huh, hadn't thought about it that way. There are a lot of things that are going on in our individual experiences and avoidance is not the way to get you where you're trying to go. Own what makes you angry, own what hurts, see how to get to the place where you are really moving forward in a place of stability and in a place where you really like who you are and you like how you're presenting in the world and what you're doing. And that will make you a lot easier to date and it'll make it a lot easier for you to attract the right people to date. In your uh, uh, experience, what are some of the common themes uh, that cause uh, issues in relationships? Communication is like at the top, right? Because it's, it's, it's the key to understanding everything. Communication about money, communication about family, communication about what you want to see your future look like, communication about what bothers you, what your values are. It is this key to having a connection with another person. And if it's really hard, it becomes challenging. Why is communication always so difficult to uh, obtain? You know, I find that it's a, you know, it's a common theme within relationships. A lot of people say, well, there's just communication wasn't that good or we lack communication. And, you know, and, and I think about this a lot. And sometimes in past relationships, I had difficult communicating, you know, telling people my true feelings or or things that I really wanted. Um, so I guess why is that so difficult? And what are some things that people can do to make sure that in their relationship or any you know future relationship that their communication is where it needs to be? Vulnerability is the big thing. And I know that's a word that men are like, oh, doc. Don't use the vulnerability word. Just find not another the one, not the V word, right? That's the word. Because when you are afraid of, of taking any risks, when you're afraid of really being seen, when you're afraid of not being in control all the time, you've got to go through all of those filters to communicate with that other person. Imagine how different it is if none of those filters exist and you're just like, this is what I'm feeling. This is what's happening. This is what I wanted that I didn't get, that I didn't know how to ask for. Everything starts to open up if you're willing to connect. If you're not, then you've got to bounce through a whole lot of hoops. And most people don't make it through the first one, much less the second you, or third. 
what do you say to people? So I'm trying to draw from personal experience here where yeah. uh, I let's say I was vulnerable with a, a person I was dating well in, in the past. And I, you know, was preaching the communication topic, trying to be over communicative, uh, tell my tell the truth as much as I possibly can. But then for whatever reason, that person responded to it in a negative way. And so I feel like a lot of people would, would absorb that and then kind of like withhold certain information moving forward because they know what works and what doesn't work. So what advice would you have for someone that's like maybe scarred or scorned a little bit from an experience like that? Yeah, I mean, it sucks, right? When you decide to engage at a certain level of intimacy and vulnerability with someone who can't handle it, it just sucks all the way around. But I think the difference is learning how to trust people the right way so that the people that you take these steps with can handle it. So if they've shown you they can't be vulnerable, if they've shown you that they're not worthy of your secrets or they're not you know, trustworthy in the areas you wanna trust them with, don't test, don't test it. If they've shown you they can't keep your ve- their own vehicle safe, you don't lend them your car, right? right. And then get mad because they wrecked it. You've been friends with them for six years, they've wrecked every car they've had. Now they're like, oh, I can't get to the rental car place. Can I borrow yours? No, because you've not shown you're worthy of trust in that area. Relationships. Yeah, they're going to wreck your car too. Exactly. And then you're going to be mad, right? But what are you mad about? That's that's who they've shown you they are. So you can. Yeah, you're mad at yourself, right? Because you you knew it in your head. You're like, I I know I shouldn't have let this person borrow my car because they're going to total it, and I still could not bring myself to say no. Right. So if they can't be trusted in certain things and you see that, then don't trust with your heart, right? When, when they can't be trusted with small stuff, that's what you're trying to gauge so that you can take it step by step. I want to I share this story a little more specifically because it's the first thing that I keep thinking about whenever we're talking about this. So a long, long time ago, I just started dating this wonderful girl long, like many years ago. And early on in the relationship, I had a phone call with the girl that I was dating before her. So my ex-girlfriend and, uh, you know, we talked for a couple hours, kind of ironed a few things out. And after the phone call, I was like a little, you know, emotional and a little like distraught by everything. And so I went to my, my then girlfriend that I was dating at the time. And I was like, Hey, I just want to let you know, like I had a conversation with my ex, uh, I'll be honest with you. Like it kind of messed me up a little bit. And she came down with the, the, the smite of a thousand, I don't know, Goliaths right on top of me. She's like, she was yelling at me for talking to my ex-girlfriend. She was upset that I was, you know, de- like sorting through these emotions. And so whenever I think about this stuff, like that kind of then taught me to withhold certain aspects of my life because I was like, well, if I was scorned so greatly for being honest about this thing that I was like literally just looking for a venting resource, now I like, I just don't, I'm just going to go ahead and withhold that from everyone. Oh, don't do that, Dean. Well, in hindsight, oh. I know, but at the right. time, I was I, I was messed up from both from talking to my ex and then from getting reprimanded so heavily from my current girlfriend. Well, you know, the thing about it again, trust, right? You came and you gave her all this stuff and hopefully, Jared, he didn't say, "So I just had this 12-hour conversation with my ex-girlfriend. I want to share it with you." That's not a good lead-in, right? Okay. So so it's kind of like you have to prepare the other person for what you're going to bring so that when you're vulnerable, they are safe 
in your vulnerability versus thinking they now have to be defensive and protect themselves. Okay. That's right? good to know. I wish I, I wish I knew that back then, but uh, you know, we're living, we're learning, we're growing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's a lot of things I wish I knew t- uh, <laughs> 10 years ago, you know? Right. Uh, Dr. Nicole, before you get out of here, I wanted to talk a little bit about your international slumber party yes! next weekend which is very exciting. It's a virtual conference for young women between the ages of 18 to 25. And um, yeah, I I want you to talk a little bit about why you did it and and what it's all about and how people can sign up. It's going to be amazing. The International Slumber Party is the world's largest slumber party. It happens on July 31st, as you said. We now have 50 countries registered to be at the party. We're expecting over 10,000 young women of color around the world. And the wow. reason we did it was because, you know, I'm a, an adjunct professor at Spelman College here in Atlanta. And when COVID happened, they had to go instantly to virtual class. And you could see the diminishing spirit of the young ladies. They didn't have a chance to say goodbye to their friends. They didn't know which way was up. They didn't know if they'd be able to get their things back from campus. Everything was just in this crazy space. And we were like, you know, if we could do something for them that would keep them motivated, because of course we didn't know it was going to last over a year. This was summer of last year. And we were like, if we could do something to keep them motivated, what would that be? So we got 50 girls together to do a focus group. And they said, well, we'd love to do something virtual that was really cool that could connect us with girls everywhere that we would never get the chance to meet. And that's what created, you know, my partner, business partner, and I created the International Slumber Party. And it's free. We have young women from every part of the world that are coming and we've removed the obstacles of cost because everybody's got a different opportunity when it comes to socioeconomic status. So we've taken that away and they are coming from everywhere to be in our virtual mansion. Guys, did I tell you it was in a virtual mansion? It's no, not I, a didn't, Zoom. I didn't hear about this mansion part. Sounds fancy. It's not a Zoom. It's a 2D virtual mansion, 13 rooms. They're decked out, live DJs, speakers, panelists, fireside chats. It's going to be amazing. That sounds awesome. Wow. Well, that's super exciting. So anybody listening, well, any woman listening to this right now, go to www.internationalslumberparty.com. It sounds like it's going to be an incredible event. Dr. Nicole, thank you so much once again for joining us. And of course, everybody listening to this Friday nights, 10 p.m. on OWN. Make sure you tune in to season two of Put a Ring on It. Dr. Nicole, please come back anytime. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. I enjoyed it. Thanks, Doctor. Bye. Appreciate you. Bye. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. 
That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone, welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating, and it's time for everyone's, aka my favorite segment. It's time for emails. And before we get to them, I just want to say, Please send us some emails with your dating stories. I suck at dating at iHeartMedia.com. Our uh, producers are writing them anonymously solely so we have content for this segment. And, and we just got we got to do better than that. So I suck at dating at iHeartMedia.com. Send them over. We would love to discuss them here. But first one, it looks like Riley wants to give it a read, which is funny because she probably wrote it. I, I don't know what you're talking about, but this is from Anonymous. <laughs> Anonymous says, my boyfriend and I have been dating for almost three years now. I've been recently noticing that he is becoming more distant and secretive. He never used to be like this. At first, I thought maybe the pandemic was putting him in a funk, but now I'm not so sure. He is constantly on his phone, and I can't help but think he is talking to someone else. Help. What do you guys think? Do you think he is cheating on me, or he has just lost interest? I've tried to ask him what is wrong, but he always says nothing. He doesn't even seem... He doesn't even seem like he wants to talk about anything anymore. Oh, that's sad. Well, maybe you just need to put the phones down and have a nice, uh, a, a nice disconnected from your phone's meal. Maybe reignite some romance. I I think about this sometimes too because I'm on my phone pretty often, but I'm not like texting people. I'm either like texting my friends or 
scrolling Instagram. And it's funny, actually. So Kaylin pointed this out to me yesterday or a couple days ago that uh, on Instagram now, if you go to the search air, search page, there's like a little bar under the search bar that has all of these like suggestions for things that you want to search for. And it's like it would be oh, an interesting. Yeah. I want to see. I want to. I want you guys to read what yours are, if you don't mind. Dude, my first one's so embarrassing. I really, I, I don't know if I could. It's, it's so embarrassing. Let's hear it. Ben Affleck. My first, no, my first one is <laughs> Superman cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> that's freaking oh, great. That's so embarrassing. I have horror art, Marvel memes, inspirational quotes, Thor Ragnarok, movie review. College football. That's a weird one. I don't watch college football. Fitness motivation and Chiefs kingdom. I don't. All I do is look up Tom Brady. How is Tom Brady not here? I'm almost offended that Tom Brady's not on here. Isn't that funny though? That's like a kind of a little snapshot into what you consume when you're on Instagram. I would imagine at least. Like I don't know where all those words would come from. Here are mine. Mine are travel photography, golf lessons, rock climbing, base jumping outdoor adventures beach bum hazy ipa and coastal living so more or less a little more accurate than yours i would say i'm surprised you don't have superman cosplay on there, bro. <laughs> yeah i'm surprised as well riley and hana what are yours i'm just curious if you guys don't mind sharing that is look nothing are you sure you, you clicked... need to update your instagram you go to search we're in the clear, and it's just right under the little search bar see <laughs> oh interesting riley what about you yeah mine's either is that the little uh, yeah those little words little words okay mine, mine are very generic shop travel decor style food art you obviously don't search for much on instagram i was gonna say maybe that just means we're on instagram way too much because ours are way too uh pointed i mean i found out on this uh podcast that i'm definitely searching superman cosplay way too much i did search that though because i was like you know what for for Halloween this year, I I, I, I almost want to like get a Superman cosplay outfit and like go full in for the coolest Halloween costume ever. Like shave, cut my hair like Superman, get the full suit like that's like you know really tight to my body. So that's like, what I'm thinking about. Like Halloween, spend a full like whatever. What's like a real Superman costume cost? Probably like a close to a thousand dollars. I bet. No, I saw a couple on there. I mean, granted, they could be really crappy, but I saw a couple that were like two hundred bucks. It's not bad. Uh, to rent. <laughs> oh, but let's be Not honest, like, renting probably is the way to go because it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, how many times am I going to wear this thing? Well, you would probably wear it every single year, especially if you like spent that much money on a real costume. You would wear that costume every chance you could get a thousand percent with a cape. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. So freaking awesome. Anyway, Any, anonymous. Yeah, that's my uh, bad, I, I agree with Dean. Just have a scheduled day or a date where you're not on your phones. Cause it is very important. Ashley and I find ourselves in the same predicament where we're on our phones. A lot of times we don't spend quality time together. Make sure you schedule a time, dinner, whatever it is, watching TV, you put your phones away, you make sure they're not near you. So you can't grab anything. So anytime there is a moment of being bored, you don't immediately go to your phone. You start talking with your partner or, you know, start doing anything else besides scrolling on Instagram. Right. I agree. Um, but I think that a lot of couples are probably faced with that nowadays too. It's like whenever we get the first taste of boredom coming on, we grab our phones and open up our phone into Instagram, TikTok, one of the thousands of apps that are out there to basically bide our time with. So you're not alone. I, like, obviously there's a lot of other people that are dealing with something similar. I agree. I think it's yeah. just a matter of taking, making the concerted effort to put your phones down 
and connect on a more spiritual level. <laughs> All right, should we get to the next one, Hana, if you don't mind? This was definitely written by Hana, and she just changed her name to Haley. That's actually Haley. very false. <laughs> However, this is from Haley, and it says, The other night when I was drunk, I texted my ex that I miss him, but I actually don't. Uh-oh. We have been broken up for about two years now and never speak. Why did I do this? Do you think deep down I actually do miss him or am I just lonely? I am spiraling and need help. This is the easiest email of all time. You are lonely. <laughs> you were drunk. You were lonely and you wanted something easy. So you texted your ex. They never responded. You move on. And you're fine. There's nothing wrong with what you did. We've all been there. We've all texted an ex when we're a little drunk because we missed the good old days or what we perceived to be the good old days, even though most likely they were the bad days, which is why it ended. You don't miss them. You don't, you're not still in love with them. You were lonely. Totally cool. Just move on with your life. It's, uh, I don't think Nick was the one that coined this phrase, but I've, I've seen him share it a couple of times. He always says, you don't miss him. You're just lonely. And I agree. I think that kind of dials it in. Um, I will say though, it's not abnormal at least in my experience, to have thoughts about ex-girlfriends. There are times where I'll like wake up. I think I've talked about this before. I'll wake up and I'll be like, wow, I just had a dream about my ex-girlfriend that I dated eight years ago. And it felt so real. And then I look over and Kaylin's like laying right next to me and I feel like so guilty and gross because I was like, why did I have a dream about a girl I dated eight years ago? I think it's just like, granted, you were it's drunk. Natural. Yeah, it's natural. And there's obviously a difference between being drunk and texting someone and dreaming about a girl that you used to date. But I guess the point kind of remains the same where it's like, Sometimes these thoughts just sneak into your brain and they take control and all you can do, so again, it's a little different, is just don't take action on those thoughts. You clearly took action. Um, I hope that there's not too much trouble to come from a text like that. I've been, I've been on both ends of a text like that. I've definitely texted exes saying I miss them and I have definitely received texts from exes saying they miss me. And I'll tell you one thing, neither of them are good. <laughs> so... Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it's a one-time thing. It's, it's most likely, yeah. Haley, just try not to do it again, but it's not a big deal. And uh, but like Dean said, we're I mean we're human beings, we're curious creatures, you know. So like, of course we think about our exes from time to time. Like I'm sure Dean and I can tell from personal experience, from like even I love my wife more than anything, but of course my brain has been like, I wonder what my life would be like if I was still with this person. Like what would have happened to my life if. I didn't go on Bachelor, and I ended up marrying this person instead, my ex. You know, it's just like you think about those things, and there's nothing wrong. You're not doing anything wrong by having that thought pass your brain. It's just what happens. You want to know what's weird that I just thought about, that this is going to be way too much information that I'll regret sharing, is all of the the ex-girlfriends that end up in my dreams are, like, it's it's like my college girlfriend or my high school girlfriend or, like, my post-college adult life girlfriend. It's never girls... It's never like a girl that I dated from The Bachelor. I'm, I don't think I've ever had a dream with any of those girls. It's just, I don't know why that is. And again, probably too much information. There's not really any point to what I'm saying. Uh, I just thought it was an, an interesting thing that I'm just now realizing for the first time. And I'm just well, basically maybe word just vomiting. Never, no, maybe those relationships were just more meaningful and impactful than the relationships you had on Bachelor. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But sometimes I'll have a dream of a girl that I went on like three dates with when I was like 24. And I'm like, why? Why? Why are why are you in here? You don't belong here. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. And then, yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Maybe I. Maybe it's it's not important anymore. Riley, Hannah, do you guys? Is this just a guy thing, or you guys thought about exes too and been like, wow, I wonder what would 
my life be like right now if I was still with this person? I think it's super natural to think about people that were significant in your life at a certain point. And there's nothing wrong with that. 100%. Yeah. So, so let's say your boyfriend woke up and said he had a dream about a girl that he used to date. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be bothered by it in any way? Oh, you immediately kill him. Well, I, <laughs> I think deep down it would bother me. But, I mean, that's happened to me, too, so I feel like I couldn't be mad at him. Right. I agree. Okay. Riley, what about you? I agree. I don't, I don't think it would bother me. I think I would want to ask what the dream was specifically because um, maybe that's yeah. things. But like Hannah said, deep down it might be a little curious to me why, but it wouldn't bother me that much. Let, let's say worst case scenario, there was like a physical spark in the dream between the guy and his ex-girlfriend. That's then, you, a, that's, then you don't share that. You're like, hey, they were in my dream, and it, we were in the library just talking to each other, and then that was it. That was the whole dream. It was crazy. Hey, listen, Dr. Nicole says communication, communication, communication. Good luck with that. Why don't you tell Kalen that, and, and let us report back next podcast. Tell us how it went. You guys know the movie Interstellar? Yeah, of course. It's a great movie. Uh, uh, there's that quote when McConaughey asks what his honesty setting is at. And Tara says like 90% because 100% honesty is never the proper way to talk to humans or something like that. And I think there's some truth to that. 90% honesty is probably a good thing. Tara says, I just looked up the quote. Tara says, absolute honesty isn't always the most diplomatic nor the safest form of communication with emotional beings. So I couldn't agree with Tara's more. Yeah, you know, Tara's... Tars is a really smart robot. Anyways, that's going to do it. That's a great movie, by that, the way. That, that soundtrack by Hans Zimmer is incredible. The docking scene. Yeah. Dude, that that docking scene is one of the coolest scenes in cinematic history where McConaughey, she's like, she, uh, she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, docking. And then they're like, it's impossible. And he goes, no, it's necessary. And then the music swells up. Oh, my God. Anyway, that's Dude, a hell of a way to end the podcast, but it's awesome. Hans Zimmer has to have... Like as far as composers go, Hans Zimmer is just the top of the top. He's he's all over the place, and everything it's Hans he does. Hans Zimmer and John Williams. Those are the those are the two best film composers of all time, hands down. Not even competition. Well, you want to know why Hans Zimmer is better than John Williams? Is because I've never heard the name John Williams before. What? <laughs> you don't know John Williams? I he I don't. did okay. Let me just give a quick rundown of what he's done in cinematic history. Star Wars, Superman, Jaws, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones, E.T., Jurassic Park, Schindler's List. Hey, uh, has he done anything in the 21st century? Harry Potter. Oh, okay. Okay. You're so right. he's done the Jaws theme, the E.T. theme, the Superman theme, the Star Wars theme, the Jurassic Park theme, the Harry Potter theme. Pretty much any huge theme in cinematic history, John Williams has done. But Hans Zimmer is freaking awesome. I'd say Hans Zimmer is pretty awesome. He's, he's the man. He's top two. I, I hope would, he's better than John. I mean, I, I don't want to nitpick, but 99% of the movies you just named were made in the 80s and 90s. It's like, what have you done for me lately? Hans still comes out with bangers. Everything he touches turns to gold to this day. I mean, Hans Zimmer, very true. Hans Zimmer had a set at Coachella like three years ago. Like, that is crazy. Oh, it was awesome. I saw him live one time. He was in Connecticut, and it was awesome. I went by myself because no one else wanted to go see Hans Zimmer with me. Yeah, you probably couldn't get anyone to go see John Williams with you either because he's dead probably because he's been composing for 50 years. He's still living. He's like 93 though. He's up there. He's older than Pappy. Uh, I agree with Riley. This is really great open communication, but it's time to end the communication. Let's go ahead and say goodbye. Big thank you to Dr. Nicole. Be sure to check her show out. Put a ring on it. 
at 10 p.m. on what network, Jared? Own the Oprah Network, uh, the Oprah Winfrey Network, the OWN Network. That's absolutely right. Thanks to Jared, Riley, and Hannah for uh, the open communication that we had all episode long. That's fantastic. Anything else before we part ways? That will do it, my friend. Great. Well, next time we talk to you, we're, we're I think we're going to be recording live from Napa Valley Wine Country. I won't be there though, unfortunately. You're not coming to Napa? No, Ashley can't fly cross country. What? Yeah, dude, I know. It sucks. I'm sorry. I thought I broke the news to you already. I completely I, forgot. We still are doing the virtual meet and greet. Suck Army Summer, baby. Friday, July 30th from uh, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. That is next Friday, July 30th. I will not be in Napa, unfortunately, but I'm still I can't believe be you're not coming event. to Napa. Dude, I know, but Ashley's sick 24-7. Uh, her doctor was like, I don't advise you getting on a cross-country flight to be there for two nights. So Listen, we were like, you know I what? don't care about any of that stuff. Ashley can stay home, but you could definitely get on a cross-country flight. Ashley's got all that family out there to help. I was going to go, but then it was like, well, I'm not going to go by myself without her. And we talked to Amy, and I was like, well, we'll just stay home. But we're going to still do the virtual event. I will be a part of this virtual event. Unfortunately, I'll not be in Napa, which actually makes me quite sad. I was talking to Riley and Hannah about it because it's a good group going. Ben, Jess, you, Kaylin, Wells would be there, Becca, Tanya. Like, it's it's actually people that we really want to see. So it does suck we won't be there. But please, everybody, suck army. Go to loopedlive.com to get your tickets right now. That is loopedlive, L-O-O-P-E-D-L-I-V-E.com. Next Friday, July 30th, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 to 5 Pacific Standard Time. Suck army summer. Come say hello. We're going to be, Dean's going to be taking his shirt off. It's going to be a grand old time. Uh, buy your tickets now. I can't believe we have to end this on such a low note. I'm going to go into the bad. corner. <sighs> Anyways. And cry a little bit. It's fine. Anyways, be sure to tune in next week, I guess, where we maybe will suck just a little bit less. Follow Help by Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with Black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports so you can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. 
Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.